This is Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to Supiart Radio. We have the pleasure of being joined today by Rafael Solo, who is the CEO of Frasers. And I'm delighted to have you again on the station, Rafael. Um, and particularly, I have to say, with your recent press release, with such positive news from Frasers for this year in what has been in many ways a challenging year. But uh, I have to say that there's lots of good things that's been happening this year in Frasers. Actually, he's not just CEO. He's CEO, ambassador, Iron Man, <laughs> father. There's so many titles. And, and still very young looking. Great to oh, see well, you, Raphael. Thank you for uh, taking thank the you time. So, well, thank you so much for having me again with you. It's always a, a real pleasure to spend some time with both of you and, uh, and discuss the, uh, the various topics which... We have our hands in this wonderful industry, which is yachting, and clearly uh, during a very uh, different year. Uh, I like to call it extraordinary in many aspects. So uh, uh, it has been, and it is unfortunately keep on going uh, quite challenging. So, uh, but despite uh, the, the situation we are going through today, uh, yes, well, Fraser has been um, I mean, uh, an interesting year as well, clearly, on the, on the um, commercial front, we obviously um, have had to, uh, to deal with the uh, pandemic, uh, like all our competitors and the world itself, uh, as, as well as we could at the time, as it came very uh, un- unexpected. Um, so we all were definitely worried. We had to manage our team, uh, put everybody remote working, uh, then make sure we adapt our technology to allow our business to carry on despite the pandemic and the challenges. But I think we, we went pretty well through the process. Uh, we, um, we then, of course, uh, started to, uh, to look at numbers and ways we could carry on doing our business. And uh, whilst uh, as soon as, the, obviously, the, uh, the pandemic started, there was a strong slowdown in activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a very strong beginning of the year, I think January, February were very strong on the charter front, especially, and uh, and quite good also on the sales front. But it went completely idle uh, March, April, and so we all got worried. And uh, clearly, this is where we started to see a lot of cancellation on on charter, a lot of postponement uh, as the restrictions were coming uh, throughout the world. But one thing which uh, started to happen by uh, end of April is like we saw. Growing interest into uh, sales, and uh, we've been very fortunate at Fraser to have uh, uh, many sales post confinement to reach a, a record number of about about 20 yachts within three months. That was pretty amazing, um, and there are many reasons for it. Uh, I think uh, one one of them being uh, the fact that some yachts were already on the discussion before the uh, the virus lockdown, and uh, obviously uh, the buyers were still very keen to go forward. With their, with their plans, so they were able to close past confinement. So that explains some of the uh, numerous sales which you saw uh, worldwide at that time. And then, of course, we all adapted with new technology, uh, you know, digital marketing as well, that digital walkthrough, as we call it. So we actually took the boats to the clients, and that also helped a lot the process, and it has been rather successful. I so, was going to ask you about that, if I could, uh, Raphael. How have your clients adapted to that? Because a lot of the the yacht experience 
it's it's being at the marina it's it's the, the the smell of the ocean it's physically being on the boat and suddenly you're into a world where you can't do that the the yacht shows have stopped um the ability for a an owner prospective new owner to just arrive at a boat and go on and look around you no longer had that so it became a digital experience um was that well received it, it seems to be your sales have been fantastic was that a, an um, easy trans trans uh, transfer for your clients i think you know i mean we we obviously uh, sales with the client not going to the boat we we had we had a few i mean we had client buying buying yachts on a zoom call on a zoom visit uh, for example, but obviously not that many. We probably had six or seven. Mm -hmm. uh, but what it was very good with the uh, uh, digital and the um, the walkthrough being made available to our client, they were able to shortlist really the boats they really want to see. And after making that selection, of course, then it was going to the place where the boat was and only see the one which was of a real interest to them. So I think with that process and the technology, we've been able to narrow down their selection uh, also, obviously, um, maximize time. So they didn't need to go and see three, four, five yachts as they would normally do, but maybe see one or two, which really suit them. And obviously, we, um, we speeded up the process. Uh, of course, whenever we could go and visit the yachts, but you know, for, uh, for business purposes, many countries made the visit rather possible, even though we still had some challenges in some areas. So, We've been able to um, to go through that motion uh, by not necessarily forbidding or uh, not having the visit of the yacht, but by restricting the number of visits. And I think that has also played a very uh, a very good part in the in the whole process. And, and um, did you find that you had um, more access? <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to to your clients because they didn't well, have to fly out; they they could just do a Zoom call with you. Yes, as a matter of fact, you know, we, we uh, conduct a lot of studies on our social media and uh, digital communication and, and digital tracking. And we realized that uh, visits on our websites, for example, or on through our social media have just gone roof high, you know, they, 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 they just carrot rocketed, you know, we, we've seen our website visit doubling almost during confinement and following confinement. Uh, our social media interaction also, you know, we have this monthly or quarterly newsletter which we send to clients. So we've seen a, a huge increase of opening rates on the various subjects we include in our newsletters. So clearly, you know, um, probably five and people were kind of like all of us <laughs> had to stay home or in their office. Also uh, kind of push them to go to, to digital and get exposed to uh, all the material they receive and they interacted with it. For most, so that that has been also a, quite of a change in what we experienced before. Can I just comment? One of the facts that I thought was very surprising was that actually your your sales are up from last year, from 2019. Um, as an average over the past 11 years, this year you're up by 26 percent which isn't just, uh, you know, you've had a good year or you've survived well, but actually you've done even better this year, which... Um, I think, yeah, the, the average of uh, the 11 years, it's, it's, it's really the market uh, because we study market and we study our own company, of course. So what we've noticed is, uh, and us included, uh, definitely we are ahead of 2019, the market and Fraser, and definitely... Uh, 
big time ahead 2009. We are still slightly behind 2018, though, uh, in terms of sales. But clearly, you know, uh, if you compare 2020, considering the situation, to 2019, which was good year, I'd say, uh, during what we went through. Uh, and yes, uh, if I can talk for my own company, uh, I, I believe you know we have uh, we have we have had that uh, success rate so far, and Jude carries on till the end of the year. And it has will pretty well split between the U.S. market, which has been extremely strong uh, post confinement, and the rest of the world. So that's also, I think, a, a, a very good sign. As we all know, the U.S. market has been driving sales for the last three, four years. Uh, but uh, many companies also have been able to be active on the on the rest of the world market. So I think that's also a positive sign uh, going forward. Yeah, we've heard that come uh, feedback from the U.S. side um, with a regular show with U.S. Super Yacht Association, and both for um, the brokerage and the sales, and also even despite the restrictions, actually quite a surprisingly buoyant market for charters, which is not necessarily, I think, the case all around the world. But for example, Northeast America actually had quite a good um, charter season this year, which was surprising after the early start to the year. A lot of brokers said they're they're running out of stock. We spoke with Denison and um, they they were kind of really tight on stock, the, the availability, their charters, the brokerage side. And boats of all sizes, it would yep. seem. You know, it, it wasn't even focused on one particular size in the market. It was broad spectrum. If it floats, people <laughs> were buying it. We even spoke to Funair, uh, to John at Funair, and he had people calling him to buy even paddle boards or anything that, that kind of floated on water. Kind of crazy. So um, I guess my next question is is where you feel that this is coming from. Certainly, like one perspective is after lockdown, people are focusing more investment on actually just being able to get out in nature. It, real estate properties have seen a similar upscale that more out of the city, more in nature is is doing very well as a part of the market. And perhaps we can see that reflection in the yachting market as well. So is xenophobia driving your sales? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, going back to what you mentioned about the US market, uh, as you know, our shareholders, Marine Max, um, mm-hmm. they have had probably one of their best year ever this year. Uh, I mean, they've been selling, obviously the size of boats is you know, different ranges, but uh, they, they really have had a, a surge of, of sales, which is which was incredible. Um, and I think going back to your question, yes, uh, that 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 need to to get out there and that need to have that that alternative to your own home or, or is something we also notice in our market segments. As you rightly pointed out, you know, the secondary residence market has been booming um, pretty much everywhere, and it's something which also we saw within the yachting. Uh, industry and going back to charter also a lot of people who used to charter in uh, in the recent years they also saw this year that probably that was a good time for them to own their own yacht uh, for many reasons such as you know being able to manage the process themselves being able to 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 go wherever they want whenever they want and we have had a few of our long time charter who decided just to to, to go ahead and buy their own yacht this year so that's also one of uh, 
I would say, one of the characteristics of this year's uh, um, market. Historically, I, I've watched a documentary recently about the pandemic of 1919, 1920s, um, what they call the Spanish flu, even though it came from Kentucky, believe it or not. And one of the, the, the things that it gave rise to was what we term uh, as the Roaring Twenties. And it was, they also had First World War, but uh, a lot of it had gone to the pandemic of the time where people were kind of just putting it out there because they weren't sure if they were going to die from this. And so there were people out spending money. They were doing their bucket list. Do it now just in case there's no tomorrow. And I wonder, is that the same effect we're seeing now with, with the COVID where maybe a lot of people who've thought about buying a boat and have pushed it off, going, oh, yes, I'll buy one. I'd love to get one someday. Maybe looking at, at the situation we're in, thinking, you know what, maybe now's the time I should get it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, absolutely. It has been, uh, we've seen this in, our, in some of our customers' uh, decision process. But this also applies to charter. I mean, even though it has been difficult to charter in some areas, the demand for charter has, has been very important this year as well. And clearly we saw people who just said, okay, you know, now I have a timetable, a time frame. I need to charter a yacht. And uh, you, you definitely uh, felt that, uh, that, that emotional related feeling to, to get out there and do something which maybe you thought to be doing for the last five, six, seven, ten years. The bucket and, list. Uh, and, that's, and that's also, I think, going forward, uh, this is where I remain positive for, for, for the industry. Uh, you know, we're not out of this pandemic yet. Many countries are being reconfined again, like you guys, for mm -hmm. example. <laughs> and uh, and uh, many others are looking at that possibility. So I feel that that past, uh, we will have a, a surge of requests for um, for charters and and uh, and potential buyers as well. Uh, for the very reason you outlined, that you know, people realize how important. It is to live, but full, to live to its full extent and to share time with family and loved ones and friends. And I believe uh, we, we may see um, some, some increase in, in, in charter and potentially sales going forward as long as the economics remain kind of a between brackets table. And can I just, on, on the charter front, you know, you said there was sort of an even split between the US and the rest of the world on the sales front. Did you notice um, similar parallels on the charter front or what's your sort of take on how this year went for you on for charters? Well, on charter, you know, the charter by nature, we, we ourselves, Fraser, have a, have a huge uh, US-based clientele, mm -hmm. which comes from 50 to 60% of our uh, transaction, I'd say, every year. That being said, we got the demand, we got the request, but many could not go anywhere uh, because of the uh, of the restrictions, border closing, uh, COVID testing requirements, and and they were they were not able to travel as planned. And uh, when came uh, April May, while some were still trying to find a, to find a yacht, you know, they realized it would be difficult regardless to go anywhere. So. This is where you know you refer to the U.S. market, which is ab which is not normally that busy during the summer. It was abnormally busy this year because a lot of uh, of uh, U.S. customers just stayed home and they managed to find yachts to to charter. 
obviously, you know, the level of, uh, of business um, that I can see and that I'm aware of, it, by no way it was comparable to the previous year. Yet it has been busy considering the situation, but not as busy as it is normally. And I think if there's one segment of the industry which has been uh, badly affected by the pandemic is definitely the charter, not because of the lack of demand, but because of the lack of destinations and, um, and places to go. Um, and, and this, unfortunately, this is beyond anybody's control. Yeah, and, and it was also a, a changeable landscape. You know, we, we had talks with um, people in the Caribbean and the Bahamas and, you know, where some places seemed to be open, then they had to change it within a, a month or two. And particularly for the U.S. clients, uh, traveling to many places around the world had a number of restrictions between COVID testing or quarantine or whatever which made it difficult just to even get to the charter unless they were staying local. Yeah, and, and, and for, for the time being, as it stands today, demand for the uh, Caribbean season or the holiday season is very strong, uh, very strong. But there again, you know, there are still some uncertainties in regards to some destination. For most, the Caribbeans are pretty much open. But I can see uh, already some places started to impose quarantine or testing. And this may affect, again, uh, our market for this upcoming uh, winter season because of the uncertainties. And um, some customers may say, okay, hold on a minute. You know, we've been through this process during the summer. We're not going to go through this process again during this winter. So yet strong demand so far. But if uncertainties uh, reveal themselves going forward, I, I fear that we're going to have a lot of, of uh, postponement again, of cancellation, or simply people not booking as they wish to. Uh, so that's something we'll obviously monitoring very carefully. Are you seeing islands trying to protect themselves? Because you know, a lot of those boats will be coming out of the, the, the Florida region where uh, um, they're having really high numbers at the moment. And if I was a small island in the Caribbean with relatively few infections uh i want to be protecting my people are you seeing that yeah i mean uh, i fully understand uh, and this is the reason why uh, it's very difficult today uh, to plan a charter and and as we uh, outlined earlier this is beyond anybody's control and i truly understand a a country which uh, decides to close down its border to uh, to preserve its 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 own population that makes a lot of sense and mm-hmm. but clearly you know even though uh, some are open imposing a quarantine it doesn't really fit with charter so uh, it will be uh, it's a cash 22 you know uh, we are in the in a situation whereby we need the economy to go and run many of these islands actually are living on tourism yeah and uh, and you know it, I think everywhere around the world, everybody is trying to preserve its own economy in a way or another and also preserve its own population against the disease. So that, that's a very complicated situation. It's a tough balancing act. And uh, I would certainly not like to be in the place of, our, uh, of, our, of the different governments because it's, it's a very difficult situation to be in. Mm. Well, I think it would be interesting to see whether the next coming year brings just people getting more off the beaten track you know, going to destinations that haven't necessarily been as popular before, but possibly because they have um, lower numbers, uh, people are willing to kind of do the exploration side of it more, which Antarctic. is 
<laughs> possibly Antarctic or the Arctic or, you know, the, the Pacific area, which hasn't had as much uh, traffic through it, but has actually remained relatively well through this period and does have the advantage of isolation, which could be an advantage in the coming year. But you see, Antarctic, they've been very uh, restrictive. Uh, I think they closed down now for charter. You're not allowed to go there. Uh, so that's, that's definitely a place which uh, is not on the, on, the, on the map any longer, at least for now. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, look, it's, it is very challenging. Uh, Im- imagine also the yacht owner who are actually doing a lot of charters. Where shall I position my yacht? You know, what shall I do with my yacht? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult uh, thought process to go through. Um, the good thing is, again, I try always to find the positive things in everything, but uh, uh, is that we, we have the demand. It's not like there's no more demand. We have demand. So, uh, I mean, if there was no more demand, then I'd get very, very worried. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, we cannot charter as much or as well as we all would like to, but we have the people who are looking to charter, and I think this is this is a positive sign, and um, that goes in line with what you said earlier. Then, uh, after being confined or being confronted with uh, uh, the situation in the respective countries, people are just wanting to get out there, and uh, being on a boat uh, in a remote island or at sea is, I think, rather a nice place to be. Um, yes, uh, even on so land, it's I, a nice place to be. Uh, yeah, even on land, you're right. So, uh, <laughs> oh, look. Um, I think, as a whole, our industry uh, has been very fortunate, despite the, the situation this year. Uh, it could have been much worse. Uh, I think, of course, uh, many are, uh, are being hit hard by the situation, uh, many less. But uh, if you look at the world itself, uh, I don't think the yachting industry uh, at this point of time should be complaining too much. Well, what are the what are the big casualties um, of COVID? has been the, the much lamented yacht show. And we've seen pretty much all of them, I think, Steel Point um, had two shows, Flibs, hoping to go ahead next week with their this show. Week. Oh, this week, of Starting course. Starting um, Obviously, this has had an impact on Fraser because you're very prominent in all the, the good shows. Um, How has this affected you? And, and going forward, do you, do you see your, uh, your, your business as reliant on yacht shows going forward? Or has it pushed you to be more innovative yeah, of there, other ways to do it? There's a thing about a hamster in a wheel where quite often we can be doing things out of habit because each year we do them. But this year we've had no yacht shows, yet through different strategies, digital, etc., your sales, your charter sales, they're, they're doing rather well. How do you say, first of all, what's been the impact on that? And second of all, going forward, do you think you'll be investing as heavily in yacht shows as you have in the past? Well, to, be, to be honest, you know, look at the results, as you said, uh, between 19 and 20. In 19 with yacht shows, 20 with yacht shows, more boats being sold. Um, we know we do not wait for yacht shows to sell our boats. Uh, and I've been in industry for almost five years now. Uh, I have a very uh, strong vision of what your shows are all about, and, and I do think that uh, they all need to change their format. Uh, I think we need to refocus what your shows are all about and uh, put the boats in the middle of the uh, of the focus of your shows. 
And I think far too often you chose become uh, becoming a B two B a big fair of visits of of you know um, meeting points, uh, but not necessarily uh, the place to show boats to clients. And us as brokers, we obviously are to going to show to sell boats, um, while shows are being organized to sell exhibitors' places. So it's a it's a different format, and I do not criticize you. The business models, the expectations are different. But I think. Um, as we go forward, many discussions are uh, undergoing with the with the main show organizers, and there's a clearly a need to our perspective that shows must be changed. Uh, otherwise, you know the the need for shows may be reviewed and rediscussed, um, as clearly we can do without shows. So have as them a think, bit more like Libra and and Miba. Well, I think uh, the focus for shows should be the product. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you have no yachts in the show, you have no yacht shows, right? It's pretty simple. Um, now, I don't think we should necessarily eradicate shows, but I think because there's still a good point to, to meet partners, to show your boats, to, uh, to, to, uh, to meet potential new clients. But in many ways also in doing the show, you spend more time dealing with B2Bs or or entertaining that actually uh, taking care of your own clients and showing your boats. So uh, I'm pretty sure and I'm convinced we can find a formula which suits everyone, but clearly there's a lot of work to be done uh, from the show organizers. Uh, so we can still remain having shows going forward. And I think also the number of shows around the world are far too many. Um, yes. And it's probably time to, uh, to focus on, uh, on, some shows and make sure these shows are well organized and actually meets everybody's expectation organizers and exhibitors alike you know i also understand you know uh, you need an organizer and the organizer needs to make money but uh, i'm pretty sure that there is a formula which would allow everybody to come out of these shows happy well, moving on from that what, what are the other big effects and in, in the COVID sphere has been um within companies and trying to uh, continue or have a continuity of of your business while going into lockdown. So we've seen a lot of people working remotely. We've seen um, a staggering rise in Zoom and video uh, communication. Mm. Uh, how has this affected Fraser over the, the past year? And going forward, how do you see this long-term changes, things that maybe um, you found a positive and want to keep on with your business, perhaps more people working from home, more interactions through video and not traveling. What's been the effect on Fraser as a business? Well, you know, uh, at Fraser, we started here in, uh, mainly in Europe about three years ago to implement uh, one or two days a week remote as I am a strong sponsor of remote working, I believe, you know, it provides our employees with, uh, with some sense of uh, stress relief by not having to commute. For many, many people, you know, commuting can be one hour, two hours, and I think it's a stress. It also allows them to, um, to manage and organize their life, uh, especially for the one with children. So we, we started that process with a couple of years ago. So when lockdown came, there was kind of a easy process for us to implement um, and uh, we, we didn't struggle at all to uh, have everyone working from home including our US offices uh, we got organized and uh, we've been doing so for the last six months now what we uh, what we started to do now the post confinement was to have um, 
our staff to come to come to the office one or two days a week in order to still be able to meet and exchange. Which I think it's very important. And of course, we've implemented a lot of uh, Zoom calls or Teams calls or you name calls, and uh, it has been rather successful. And uh, talking to my managers, they actually uh, for some improving communication within the team, and uh, they, they they found it very positive. Uh, whereas before, you know, one was missing, you know, one was not here, blah, 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 blah. Everybody was busy. Whereas when you go on Zoom or team calls and you have everyone's attention, it only lasts 45 to one hour. And, uh, and it, they actually got some positive out of it. As a matter of fact, I just asked our HR uh, department to run a survey worldwide in terms of what our people like, if they like, dislike remote work. And uh, we have had the feedback of 94% of them liking the process. Uh, and obviously enjoying being um, home, home working within the structure we implemented. We did the same questionnaire with our managers and we had a pretty similar uh, feedback. So uh, I think it was even 98%, sorry. Uh, so going forward, we're going to review um, uh, processes because one of our questions was, what were the challenges you faced when you home work, you know, office space, uh, uh, children um, and uh, so we we got all that feedback and uh, now we are analyzing everything but I think uh, going forward I, w- I am going to really formalize that process worldwide and uh, maybe increase the number of days they're working from wherever possible and uh, and uh, and keep that process going so there's a couple of good things out of it I think it provides our employee with a, a somewhat stress relief for some also some economy because obviously when you don't commute, you don't spend petrol, you don't spend train ticket, bus tickets, food at lunch, etc., etc. And as well, you know, um, it allows you to plan your life. You know, uh, I, also, I also tell my manager, don't call your staff at nine and at six to make sure that they are working. No, I mean, they have to I mean, uh, administer their time. As long as they actually do their work, actually it doesn't matter to me when they work or they don't work. And that also is working very well. Uh, people are very disciplined. And they are actually, for most of the time, putting more work than they were putting work worse in the office. So see, you see a very, uh, you see a very good effect. No, Microsoft and Microsoft and Intel uh, trialed the same thing, and that's what they found. They found that having people working from home three or four days a week, the productivity went way high. So it can be a very big positive. Yeah, now that I confirm, but then on the economic side for us as a company and employers, you also are, you know, we were looking at obviously uh, we're expanding a lot. So uh, we have to recruit people and uh, obviously you need more office space. Mm -hmm. So I I just canceled all um, office uh, space booking we had made before confinement because now we can clearly rotate within our own office. So we have a system of hot desk. And, uh, and it works very, very well. And uh, as you said uh, rightly, you know, in terms of productivity versus our economy, uh, it's a win-win. Definitely a win-win so far. Mm-hmm. See, a COVID positive. That's a COVID positive. There are not many of them, but that's one of them. <laughs> well, also looking at, at positive moves, I see that... Uh, with one of your many hats, you have also become an ambassador for a new um, non-profit organization that are um, following pollution and maritime ha- hazards by mapping it out um, called IC. Can you tell us a bit more about that? 
Sure, I mean, this is, uh, I love the idea, you know, this is a gentleman, um, a, a New Zealander, a couple of uh, Kiwis who actually created the, um, the company which is based out of New Zealand. And uh, the idea is to uh, come up with an app uh, which allows you to report uh, pollution or hazard. And uh, it's uh, timely also, a captain or a mate or whoever, a crew member, uh, can see an object or some pollution, they take a picture and go straight to the app and then uh, it's reported to us, I mean, to the IC team. And then we, uh, we either report it to the authorities or to whichever body could take care of it. And, uh, and, uh, and I find it extremely good, you know. Uh, it's not a whistleblower process, you know. It's more of a, of a okay, you see something unusual uh, and you report it immediately and, uh, and, and we, we, we take care of it. So it's a, it's a very simple app. We are in the testing phase now. Uh, it's obviously geolocalize you and you take a picture and you, you, can, uh, you can categorize that picture. So I think we have four, four or five categories between pollution, hazard, plastic and other forms. And you just report it, and it goes straight to the uh, to the team which is behind the app. So um, that's uh, that's an excellent uh, mm. excellent process. We have a lot of uh, of parties involved uh, within, obviously, uh, the maritime, commercial shipping, uh, cruise lines, and yachting now. And uh, then when the app is finalized and ready to go, we obviously uh, will be welcoming some uh, some volunteers to just uh, uh, take pictures and uh, and report. Uh, what they see, uh, and I think that's uh, that's a, a good move forward. So it, it essentially mapping out hotspots of pollution yeah, all across, exactly. and and taking that collaborative effort of maritime professionals to help so you them send the picture. It's got the geolocation description. Yeah. So then, but behind that, is there? I mean, if you know, for example, that there's a hotspot, say in in the Indian Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean. Is there somebody that they can, is there a body behind it uh, that is um, able to, yeah, that is able to help clear some of that pollution? Yeah, then then according to what it is, uh, it will be reported to whichever body uh, can can assess and and, um, actually take action against that at that time. Okay. So 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 if it was a container that had fallen off a ship, it's in yeah. um, a picture. This is what we found. Here's the location. That would exactly. go to whatever body would take care of that normally. And they'd exactly. have that information and they could go on, on to that. Yeah, exactly. An excellent idea. It is yeah, it. And it's, a, it, it's a user-friendly app, not complicated at all. Uh, and that's also what makes the beauty of it. You know, you uh, geolocalize, geolocalize and you take a picture and you send it. Simple. And also the collaborative you know efforts of of people around the world to map and have a clear idea of actually what's going on in our oceans because you know similar to the recent um great reef census that's going on in the great barrier reef i mean that's just one one small part of the world but there's only 40 percent of it that they've actually been able to map out so again, having more people involved that we get a clearer idea of what's happening in our oceans allows us then at least to know the the particular trouble spots as well. Yeah. No, Very I clever. think it's exactly. One thing, of course, that I, I'd like to find out, how's your Iron Man stuff coming along? <laughs> Are you Iron Manning? Has this been hit by COVID as well? 
Well, I've been training uh, during COVID and uh, after COVID, but many races are canceled, so I'm just mm. training. <laughs> you should be inspired by the man who, who ran a marathon on his balcony. And his balcony was only 20 meters wide. <laughs> I'll tell you what I've done. You know, I'm fortunate. I have a little, um, a little gym back home, so I have a bike, obviously. Uh, and there again, thank you to technology. I was able to, uh, you may be familiar with the app, which is called uh, Swift. Oh, yeah. So you ba you basically connect your bike to uh, to a community and and you ride with thousands of people uh, throughout the different countries or, or, or imaginative countries. So that helped me on the bike side, and I have a little um, um, treadmill. So I was uh, I was able to run, and I have a swimming pool. That was not the fun part though, because I had to swim with a kind of an elastic on my back. Uh, but <laughs> I tried to make it work somehow. And uh, so I think one day I did a small triathlon in my house. So my wife was looking at me that I was crazy. But <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, no, no races, all canceled, very few, very few races left. So I think this year will be um, a training year. It's okay. Staying fit. I mean, that's the big objective of it all anyway. And at least you get to cycle with thousands of thousands of people virtually. Yeah, that's, you know, virtually, that's actually lots of fun. You know yeah. what? Now I find myself uh, biking more virtually than uh, real, in real world. So <laughs> I have to change that somehow. And it's safer as well. <laughs> ah, it's much safer. That I confirm. Raphael, thank you so much for spending the time with us. I know you're, uh, you don't have much time in your hands. You're a very busy man. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I, if I could ask, that we don't leave it for a whole year to get in touch with you again because it's it's far yeah, too long. Please. However, please. can I can I just say after the year that's been in it, it's great to hear positive news yeah. from the industry um, from Go such Fraser. a well-known company. So congratulations yeah, to all your team for you know finding the other ways to carry on and um, making this really a great year for the company. Turning lemons into lemonade, I believe is the phrase. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Thank you so much for having me again. Yes, uh, one year later. So, but you know, what it counts is we can talk again together. And uh, if I can finish on a very positive note, is um, you know, I think uh, we are in a wonderful industry. We're dealing with uh, wonderful things such as yachts and a very extraordinary clientele. So, I think uh, yes, it's a different year for some. It's a difficult year, but. Uh, I think we are fortunate and uh, hopefully things will get better as we uh, as we go in 2021. If not 2021, 2022 will surely be much better than the way it was in 2020. So we I always so. need to look on the bright side of things. Onwards and upwards. I like that positively. Absolutely. Raphael, thank you again. And uh, do take care of yourself you. and your family and all of those who work with you. This has been Super Yacht Radio and we've spent an hour speaking with Raphael Solo from Fraser Yachts. Thank you again, Raphael. Take care. This is Super Yacht Radio.